Good morning. So, you know, we, we talk about mentorship and discipleship and stuff like that. And I remember one of the first things that discipled me in my faith when I was in college was Corey Ten Boom. Um, you know, we think a lot about like, oh, I want one-on-one, face-to-face mentoring. But we have such a wealth of mentors in literature, right? Like people who have gone before us, who have lived out their faiths, who have been prayer warriors, who are incredible in seeking justice and righteousness in places where they weren't seeing it. And um, yeah, so I read Cory Ten Boom, The Hiding Place, when I was in college. And if you don't know her story, she was born in Holland and her family was in Holland, strong Christians, and during the Holocaust felt the call of God that what it meant to be Jesus to the people around them was to um, create a safe place to hide the Jews um, during the Holocaust. And because of that, through the, a, a long story of all the different ways that God met them, they ended up having to be imprisoned at the concentration camp, and most of her family passed away. In, in that concentration camp. And that's the story of Corrie Ten Boom. And her second book, which not as many people know about, is called Tramp for the Lord, which probably when it was written, that didn't have other connotations. But Tramp for the Lord is awesome. The, the story of what happens after the concentration camp and all of that, how she continues to live out her faith and trust Jesus with her life. Um, but there's, there's just... As I've been reading through it again, it's been incredible. I'm just like, oh man, to have faith like Corey Ten Boom, it's incredible. Like she, she would be like, God's calling, she's in Africa and God's calling her to Argentina. And it's like, I don't know anyone in Argentina. I don't know where I'm going in Argentina. I have no contacts in Argentina. And I'm just going to go on an airplane and go to Argentina. You know, like that kind of thing where you're like, whew, do I trust Jesus enough and hear him and, and, and have the obedience and the faith to just get on an airplane and go, you know? So um, I highly recommend this book. But I did want to share a little story from this book this morning. Um, while she's in Argentina, she ends up being hosted by this doctor. And so she goes and visits this hospital. And it says... Um, She was allowed into the ward where polio patients were being treated. One room was filled with people in iron lungs. I had never seen the wheezing, gasping iron lungs before, and they scared me. Do you wish to talk to some of the patients? A kind nurse asked me. I looked around and said, no, I think I am unable to talk. I just want to go off somewhere and cry. Always when I say that I am not able, I get the same answer from the Lord. He says, I know you can't. I have known it already a long time. I am glad now you know it for yourself, for now you can let me do it. All right, Lord, you do it, I said, and surely the Lord did. I went from one iron lung to another, telling the men and women about the Lord Jesus Christ who breathes into each one of us with his Holy Spirit. And then it tells about her encountering this man who's on a rocking bed. So instead of an iron lung, he had a different kind of polio. And so the bed, when it turned up, he was able to breathe in, and then when it turned down, he was able to breathe out. Can you imagine that kind of life where you're like, I need to be strapped to this bed in order to survive? Um, and he couldn't speak. He only had a little notepad next to him. And she started praying for him and sharing the good news of Jesus with him. And she pulled out this embroidery she had been working on, 
with the cross on it. And she said, I know for you, your life might feel like this, you know, in the back of embroidery, it's just a bunch of knots, right? It looks like a mess. And she says, it might feel just messy and dark and broken, but what God is doing is on this side, there is beauty in this and he's weaving this into your life. And this man writes, I think I'm beginning to see the beauty, the beautiful side. And so she prays for him and she leaves. And she comes back the next day and she asks the nurse, where's this man? Like, I wanted to talk to the man that's on the rocking bed. And the nurse says, after you left, after five minutes, he writes on his pad and his face is lit up and he says, I have just prayed for the first time in the name of Jesus. And then he passed away. Um, I think stories like this remind me that I have a long way to go in my faith. Um, and it's good. And it's good. And I need people like that to remind me like, oh yeah, this is what it looks like to have faith. This is what it looks like to pray and believe that God is good. This is what it looks like to care and, and lift someone up before Jesus and say, I can't do anything. Like, what could I possibly say in this place of suffering and still trust that God has good things for him, you know? The definition of an intercessor is one who goes between two who are in conflict to bring reconciliation, to stand in the gap so that there is another way forward. In Isaiah 59, it says this, Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away, for truth has stumbled in the public squares and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. We get that beginning part, don't we, right? That we look around and we're like, where's justice? Where's, where is the righteousness and the truth, right? Like we look around and we're like, this is not, there's something wrong here, right? This is not as life... As, as God had intended. There are broken things here. We know the darkness and the brokenness, and here we see that God sees it too, right? He is not blind to it. He's not like, I'm far away from it, and in heaven it's good, so you guys deal with that. He's not unable to do anything about it, and God, in looking around, says, who's going to solve this? Who's going to intercede on behalf of this brokenness? And he looks around, he sees no one, and it says that his own arm extends salvation. So he sends Jesus to come and become human so that he can be the intercessor, so that he can be the one that stands in the gap. In Jesus, we have access to the kingdom of God, righteousness, truth, justice. Jesus becomes our intercessor. God does not wait for us to get our act together and say, you solve it, right? He had to become human to become our intercessor, and his act of sacrifice was this physical act of intercession. Now, I think we think of intercession as just praying for other people, but in Jesus, we see the physical act of intercession, of going in between, bringing reconciliation. And I wonder if we think, if we are stretched to think about intercession in a bigger way instead of just praying for other people, that actually 
when we intercede in our prayers for others, we are standing in the gap and bringing reconciliation between brokenness and the kingdom of God. In Romans 8.31, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us, right? And it talks about Jesus who's died, who's raised, who's done the physical act of intercession, and now is still interceding on our behalf, is interceding for us. Do we believe that Jesus Christ is our personal intercessor? That he is like, God, I know Vicky is messed up, right? We all know this, but man, have mercy on her. Help her, lead her. And he is advocating and pleading on behalf of me. Every single day when I feel like, man, who is gonna save me here? Jesus is in my corner. Heaven here, when we look at Romans 8, heaven is in our corner, right? And yet when I think about it, I'm like, I don't know if I live my every day like heaven is in my corner. I don't know if I approach my problems and my anxieties like heaven is in my corner, that Jesus is personally interceding for me. Now, if being a follower of Jesus means that we do what it is that Jesus does and we care about the things that he cares about, then we would become intercessors too, right? That is what Jesus does and continues to do. And each of us, regardless of our gifting, our personalities, we're all called to be intercessors, be people who join Jesus in the ministry of intercession. He's already praying, so we just get to join him in that. It's our calling to stand in the gap, to advocate and plead on behalf of friends and families, strangers and enemies. Now, here's the thing. We are very capable people. In this room, we have very smart people, people that graduated top of their class who are working as managers and leaders in their corporations. We are used to solving problems. We are used to being in control and having things done efficiently and solved in a timely manner. On one hand, we can be a total blessing to the organizations that we serve and the businesses that we work in. But on the other hand, it leads us to a life of practical atheism where we don't turn to God or need him. We don't intercede and listen because we're used to knowing a lot and taking care of our own problems. We got this, God. <laughs> so when someone comes to us with a problem, we're like, let's solve it, right? We're not quick to intercede because we are very capable. And unless there is a crisis, unless there is absolutely no way we can solve it, we're not quick to turn to God. We're not quick to intercede. And I want us to change that. I want us to have a culture in our church where we are quick to intercede for one another, where we're quick to bring one another before God and say, I might have some solutions, but I'm going to bring my friend before you anyway, because I know that you are the one who loves her most. I know that you are the one who is in control. And maybe I think I'm in control, That probably that's not true right? I want us to grow in that because I believe that we will not only love each other better as friends and community, but I also think that there are things that God longs to do amongst us that we are not seeing yet because we're just trying to solve it amongst ourselves. Now, why does God need us to intercede? As I was preparing this, I was like, but listen, Jesus is interceding on our behalf. 
The Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf. God is God. So why do I actually need to join in and do something and pray? Because it sounds like it's kind of taken care of, right? What difference does it make? Now, there are two things I want us to think about and understand. Um, first of all, when people owned land in Israel, they would mark their territory with posts, right? Like just kind of how you see these posts from you know, our land nowadays, but on every single post would be a picture of the owner, or it would be a symbol of their signet ring, right? So every single time you were walking around, you would see a post and you'd be like, oh, that's Bob. This is Bob's territory, right? And you will walk and you would know, and until you would see the face of somebody else, oh, that's Susan's territory. I see her face on the post, right? These posts were called Salem. When God created us, in Genesis, it tells us that we were created in his image, his salem, his likeness. When we were created, we were called to represent him, right? He used that word because he said, you are my posts. And where people see you, they will know that this is my territory. They will know that this is my kingdom. And all the values and the realities of that kingdom reside here. All they have to do is see you. That's what it means to be created in his image. It's not just that we look like God, right? It is not that. It is that we reflect him and we are his representatives on this earth. And wherever we step, wherever we go, we get to say, this is God's. So whether or not you're going into a, new into a classroom or a new city, or you're just taking a walk around your block in your neighborhood, you are saying, wherever I stand, I'm declaring that this is God's territory. It is his kingdom here, and it is his goodness and his righteousness that lives here, right? It is his. And that's true when we go into a physical space, and that's true when we go into a spiritual place, right? In Genesis, where it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them, and God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Why? Why can we subdue and have dominion? Because we're supposed to be his representatives and say, yep, I can say and declare with confidence and authority that God, this is God's, right? And this is his kingdom, and therefore... As his representative, I can say that his kingdom belongs here and his values belong here. That is what we see with Cory Ten Boom, don't we? She goes into a room where she feels overwhelmed and she's like, I don't know what good can come in this place. And this is a lot coming from a woman who has gone through concentration camp to go into this room and be like, I just want to cry. I just want to leave. This is too much right? And for God to say, go in there. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And her obedience to be able to go in. And it is her salem to go in and say, and even in this place, God reigns. Even in this place, God has a word for these people. Even in this place, it is his kingdom that belongs here, right? I think that that kind of confidence and that kind of authority is something that we can all grow in. Amen? 
Now, Jill Weber, who is part of the International House of Prayer, who leads communities in leading and hearing um, and responding to the activities of God, she said this, sometimes, instead of talking to God about my problems, which he's already aware of and at work in, I talk to my problems about God. I love this. <laughs> because here's the greater reality. We live in God's kingdom where his will is to restore and bring life and good and righteousness. He's not impotent to move in our problems as big as they may be, nor is he unaware of them, right? It is the problems that need to know about my God. It is my problems that need to know about my God because my God is good and he is strong and he loves and sees me. My problems, like my kid having behavioral issues, my parents' marriage, as well as harder and bigger things in the world, shootings around our country that have created so much grief and fear and rage, systems that protect the mighty instead of the powerless, the pandemic of hopelessness and anxiety that is spreading amongst our kids and our youth. These problems need to know that they reside in my God's kingdom, and they will not have the final say. They will not and do not shake up the purposes of God. Now, I do not say this to minimize these problems. Right? These are real things, and there is an easy hopelessness that I confess eases into my heart as I see the same problems in the news cycle again and again. And there is an easy way that I will think, is this ever going to end? Is God going to come through? Is he going to fix this? Does he see what is going on? And that is my temptation, is to believe that these problems will be forever instead of the kingdom of God, that these problems are bigger than my God. And intercession reminds my heart to declare the truth, even when maybe my heart has not caught up to that yet. Intercession invites me into that place of truth. James Ryan Smith, the author of the Good and Beautiful series, says this, I am one in whom Christ dwells and delights. I live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. The kingdom is not in trouble, and neither am I. As someone who is prone to anxiety, who is prone to spiral into darkness pretty quick, this is a really helpful one for me to kind of have a breath prayer over, right? To say, I live in the strong, unshakable kingdom of God. The kingdom is not in trouble, and neither am I. And that is the big picture in light of the daily stuff, right? And it is when I say, we are the Salem, that is what I'm talking about, that we get to go into places and declare that into our friends' lives, into places of brokenness, that we get to declare that and stand firm in that and know that that is true, even if we have our own doubts about it, even if we don't feel like we see it in, in, in solutions in the ways that we long to see it. Another reason why we're called to intercede is that God loves it, when we join him in what he does best, right? He loves healing the broken and bringing light into the darkness. And like a good father, when his kids join him in what he loves, and when we love what he loves, man, it's the best, right? I love cooking, I love food. And when my kids come into the kitchen and they wanna taste what I'm cooking and give suggestions of like, oh, that needs more salt. Or, oh, I taste the ginger here right? Or when they want to go in and they want to cook themselves, man, I am so proud, right? I love it. I love it when they come in and they love what I love, when they get to join in with me to do the things that I love best. 
right? And I think that God's the same. It is not that he needs us, right? It is not like, man, you know what? These problems will not get solved until you intercede. But man, he really loves it when we join him. And our relationship deepens with him when we say, I want to care about the things that you care about, and I'm going to pray about the things that you are going to build and see in, this, in your creation. And so let's do this together. Let's do this together, Baba, right? And finally, prayer works. I don't know. I feel like intercession is a mystery. As I was talking to my friend who leads um, Moms in Prayer in LA, she's like, I just listen. I know that we are God's creation and he hears our prayers and also he doesn't need us and he's going to do it all on his own. And we also know that sometimes our prayers do not get answered. So in some ways, intercession is a bit of a mystery, why we do it, why we're invited into it, but I know that it works. I know that prayer works. I know that prayer changes my heart. I know that prayer helps me love God more, but I also know that when I pray, we see answers to prayer. And it is a mystery. And I, I don't want to stand up here and be like, here's all the reasons why that is true, you know? Because I know in every single one of our situations, we're all in here because somebody prayed for us. We're all in here and not in some alleyway somewhere, right? Like, because someone prayed for us. Whether or not we asked for prayer, Sometimes we have seen the lineage of faith in our own families where grandparents and parents have prayed for us, and other times we've seen the lineage of um, our aunties and uncles in a church where maybe our families didn't grow up in the church, but they did, and they are praying for us. Strangers praying for us. Friends praying for us. Man, none of us are in here without the prayer of other people. And so, in all the mystery of all of that, regardless of how we're created and we're supposed to be Salem and that God wants to have deeper relationship with us, I also just want to say, and prayer works, right? So I don't want to stand up here all day and talk about intercession and not have us intercede. That's silly, right? The way that we learn about intercession is by interceding. And so I want us to just enter into a time of intercession this morning. So a couple of um, ideas or tips as we go in. A couple of weeks ago, Annie came up here and she blessed us with a word in the Lord's Prayer. Um, she talked about how the Lord's Prayer, we can, when she is praying for someone, she likes to pray along the Lord's Prayer because she already knows that that's God's will right? Sometimes we're like, I don't know, is this God's will? Should I be praying it? But we always know that the Lord's prayer is God's will. That's what he longs for. That is his kingdom. So we can confidently, with authority, pray the Lord's prayer over somebody, right? Um, and so perhaps as we intercede, that is one way we can do it. Another way is if you're praying for someone to just ask them, is there something I can specifically pray for you about? Again, I know this is 101, um, but sometimes it's just helpful, right? Like, hey, is there anything I can be praying for? And then usually for me, I like to just stand in that person's shoes and say, if I was in their situation, what would I want um, them to pray for, right? Like, wh how would I be feeling? Where would I need Jesus to come and fill me? And thirdly, and most of all, Intercession is listening to God. It, listening to God 
to know how is Jesus and the Holy Spirit praying for this person right now? And just holding that person and lifting him up or her up before God and saying, you're already interceding. So how do I join you in this? And you're not just listening to know how to pray for that person. You're also listening on that person's behalf, right? Because sometimes God actually has a word for our friend as we're praying for them or a word for that situation. And we get to stand in the gap and listen on their behalf. And so intercession, a lot of times, is actually just listening and joining into what is already happening. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to pray for someone in our own seats by ourselves for someone that has been on our hearts or our minds. So God usually for me just brings up someone and sometimes it's because, oh, I haven't seen that person or I saw this and it reminded me of that person. And as that person is on my mind or heart, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to pray for this person right now, right? And usually I have no idea why, right? And so I'm listening to God and saying, okay, why, why are you bringing this person up in my mind? How can I be praying for them? How can I be joining along with you? But sometimes someone is on our mind and our heart because we're mad at them, <laughs> or they irked us, or I'm having an issue with them, or I didn't like what they said on Instagram. And that is also something that God is inviting us into to intercede for, right? That we are not only invited to pray for our friends and our family, that we're actually invited to intercede for our enemies and strangers. And so if someone that is on your mind and your heart is someone that you're like, oh yeah, they're on my mind and my heart because I have a few words for them, you know, then also that might be God's invitation for you to intercede for that person. So just think about, you don't need to be praying for four people right now, right? Like just choose one person that has been on your mind or your heart. And I'm just going to have a time of silence for just three minutes and we're going to intercede for that person that has been on your mind and your heart, okay? And maybe what that will just look like is listening and then praying what you feel like God is already saying, all right? Okay, and then I'll call us back together.
Okay. Why don't you guys come back? Um, we're going to do a next thing. We're going to pray for someone right next to us. Now, I know for some of us, praying aloud is already a stretch, right? That we're used to like, I'll pray for you, and I'm going to pray silently in my heart for you. Here's the thing. Sometimes I say, I'll pray for you. I haven't done this for a long time, but I just want to say, sometimes I'll say, I'll pray for you, and I totally will forget to pray for you. Hasn't ever, ever happened to anybody else, I'm sure. But um, what I've realized is sometimes it's just helpful that if I'm going to say that, that I pray right there. Because I know myself. I'm not going to remember, right? So there is something just really helpful that when God is like bringing someone up to mind, or if you're hearing a certain situation, you're saying, I want to pray for you. Can we just do that right now? Um, there is just a power in that right? There is a power in that because I know in my mind, not only do I forget, but I start taking my very capable, very efficient self, and I start solving the problem in my head. And I start texting friends, and I start looking out for connections, and I do all these different things instead of actually praying for that person. That is just my tendency. I don't think that that's true for everybody. And I think that there is a way that God does invite us into that. He does say, hey, don't pray amiss, right? If you have $5 in your pocket and you're praying for that guy down the street to have $5, perhaps you can give him your $5, right? That, that you are the answer to your very own prayer. But at the same time, I do think that we can tend to problem solve more quickly instead of actually bringing that person to prayer. And so the next thing that we're going to do is just going to pray for someone next to us. Maybe you came with that person and that's fine. Or maybe you're sitting next to someone that you're like, I don't even really know this person's name. I just met them in the meet and greet. That's also okay. As I said at the last month, we're doing prayer summer camp and we're going to do some things that might be a little out of our comfort zone. And I, I like that, right? Because I, I want you to feel comfortable here at church, but I also want us to grow. And so that means that we're going to do some things that are out of our comfort zone, and that's okay. And for some of us, we're like, I love this. I love it. Come, come to me. Mama's going to pray for all of you, right? So I get that too. But for some of us, this is new, and this is a little uncomfortable, and that's okay, right? Because we're just practicing here. So again, I want you to pray for the person next to you. Don't talk much right? If you don't know the person, please ask for that person's name. But um, don't ask, I mean, you can ask, is there something I can pray specifically for? And then you don't need to tell the whole backstory and the context. You could just say something very succinct because, by the way, that person's going to be listening on behalf of what Jesus is already praying for for you. So maybe he will get the details that way, right? So go ahead and we're going to go... Um, just do a quick one for one another so that both of you get prayed for, okay? All right, and then I'll call us back together in prayer.
Okay, I'm going to call us back together. Just go ahead and wrap up if you are still praying. Father God, we thank you that your kingdom is an unshakable kingdom. It is a kingdom that is for us, and it is a kingdom that is both in our corners and also ahead of us and behind us. That we are surrounded with this kingdom that has truth and justice and goodness, and is one that we can declare with confidence and authority um, for people that we pray for and for situations that seemed way too far and way too shaken. Um, God, thank you for listening to our prayers. Thank you that in the mystery of intercession that you hear them and that you answer them. And God, I pray that you would build us to become a community that intercedes for one another, that lifts one another up, that we would be able to grow in our relationship with you and with one another in a really special way because we are um, listening on behalf of one another and bringing one another to the throne room of God. And yeah, we, we, we pray for um, the intercession that was lifted this morning, that you would, it would be a pleasing sound to you, that you are just so delighted that we are joining with you in the things that you love most, your people. So um, yeah, we, we pray that you would continue to teach us to practice in this um, beautiful thing that you do. We pray this in your name. Amen. So worship team is going to come up. I just wanted to say that this week as a way that we practice is as someone is brought up in your mind or as you are just like going about your day and you're thinking about someone or something is just weighing heavy on you, that you would see that as like, oh, I should be interceding for that person or I should be interceding for that situation. Um, and that that becomes a habit in us instead of just something that we are like, oh, let's just push that aside. I'm distracted or I'll call that person later or whatever. But also just that like, oh, it would call in us just a desire and a need to intercede.